Episode 109, Be Your Own Customer, Seven Steps for Dramatically Improving Customer Service. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. I'm your host, Dale Dixon. The Game Changers with Jason Jennings, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, USA Today, best-selling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, reinvention. Jason, great to be with you again. Dale, great to be back with you. We've both been flying a lot, but I think you're having some uh, much worse experiences in the air than I've had, and you've got a doozy of a story for us uh, on a recent I, flight. I, I do. So I fly several hundred thousand miles a year, and I'm used to minor inconveniences. I'm used to things going wrong. I'm used to flights being canceled, and I really don't get too upset about much anymore. I decided years ago... I don't want to have a coronary in an airport someplace or on an airplane. So I'm the guy that pretty much just goes along with a smile on my face and doesn't say much. However, about two weeks ago, I was set to fly to Taipei, Taiwan, and, and it was on United Airlines. So it was a, a nonstop. It was going to be a long flight, 14 hours, San Francisco to Taipei. So the moment I got to the gate, I knew something was wrong. And uh, so I said, uh, there's no airplane. Are we going to be on time? Well, we're looking for an airplane right now. Can't find an airplane. That's a little bit worrisome. And so finally, I'm getting alerts, and it said, uh, your flight to Taipei will be delayed by an hour. Forget this, for airline preparation. Now, I've heard every excuse for a delayed flight before, but could somebody please tell me what airline preparation is? So anyway, after all these years of flying, I hear a new one. How long have you you had your tickets for this flight? Uh, I mean, this wasn't just last minute. No, 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 no. This is, you know, six or seven months ago or something. Yeah, exactly. So so anyway, so we get on board the flight, and all I would tell you is this. Uh, You know, 14-hour flight, business class seats. The seat wouldn't go back to lay down position. The monitor didn't work. You couldn't turn the blowers off, so it was an Arctic blast on you constantly. When they finally got around to bringing out food, the food was ice cold. It was still almost frozen in the middle of the food. I mean, it was just a terrible, terrible, terrible 14-hour flight. And what I kept thinking of is, does the CEO of this airline ever fly incognito on his own airplanes? And I bet he doesn't. I really don't think he does. So it's probably announced that Oscar is going to be flying with us today, the CEO. And so everybody's on their best behavior and everything just is fantastic. And so I started thinking again about, oh, man how horrible so much of customer service is. And so I kind of went through the books I've written, and I've got about six or seven things I want to share with you based on content from the books that any company can use to dramatically improve their customer service experience. Let's launch right into it. Number one on the list. The the first one that comes to mind is this. Make keeping your hands dirty part of your DNA. I always think about Dr. Jim Goodnight, who's the founder and the CEO of SaaS, the fourth biggest uh, software company in the world, 30 years, double-digit growth every year, and 50 to 60% of his time, he is out there with customers. I mean, here's a guy who's worth billions and billions of dollars, works and lives on this incredible campus in Cary, North Carolina, but he's not there. He's out hanging with customers and talking to customers 
all the time. So, you know, don't squirrel yourself away in an ivory tower or an office someplace. But the only way you can know what's going on is by keeping your finger on the pulse. And uh, so keep your hands dirty all the time. We've devoted episodes to this. So that's number one. That go, I think that should go without saying. Number two, be an anonymous customer of your own business. And I think that most people in business are afraid to do this because they're afraid of what they'll discover. They're afraid of what they'll find. I think that many of them believe they know their customer service sucks, but they don't want to know it firsthand, and so therefore they avoid being a customer of their own company. Last week, I was on hold with Comcast, or on a telephone call with Comcast, for two and a half hours. Two and a half hours on a very, very simple matter. You know, the CEO of Comcast should spend two and a half hours on a telephone call trying to resolve a very small issue, then the problem would get solved very quickly. So be an anonymous customer of your own business. I mean, so if it sucks, I mean, at least you've got firsthand experience with the fact that it sucks. Number three, this is a dangerous one. Don't rely on data, lopsided surveys, mystery shoppers, etc. These are all designed to give you results so that you can say, see, we don't do any worse than they do. Case in point, this Comcast thing that went on for two and a half hours. When you begin the call, you've had these, Dale. If you'd agree to take a short customer survey at the end of this call, please stay on the line. And so I stayed on the line. I was really just going to rip them a new one about this two and a half hour experience on, on this telephone call with about 18 different people. But you know what? These surveys are rigged. And you know why they're rigged? You never have an opportunity to evaluate the company. Now, based on the last customer service representative you spoke with, how would you rate this person? So what they do is they only let you rate the person. Now, who in the world wants to give a person a bad rating because you know what's going to happen? They're going to get fired. They're going to get beaten up. I mean, they're going to get verbally abused. I mean, so why would you give a bad rating to a person when it's the system that's wrong? But none of these surveys are set up to let you evaluate the overall customer service experience or the company. It's only designed to allow you to evaluate the people so they can beat them up. So don't rely on data, lopsided surveys, mystery shoppers. That depersonalizes the entire thing. Shop your own store. Number four, pay people enough money to care. And if you can't pay people enough money to have them care, if your margins don't allow it, you're in the wrong business. Let me quickly tell you the story of a restaurant I was at when I was in Taipei a couple of weeks ago. The New York Times, at one point in time, a couple of years ago, named a dim sum, a Chinese restaurant, one of the top 10 restaurants in the world. And uh, right before I left, I was reading Condé Nast Travel Magazine that named Din Tai Fung the number one dumpling restaurant in the world. So for those listeners who aren't familiar with Dim Sum, this is where they can buy your table with rolling uh, tables filled with hot, steamy little dumplings and delicacies. And then you say, I'll take that little plate and that little plate and this little plate. And then at the end of the meal, they count up the plates and that's how they know how much to charge you. So I couldn't wait to get to Din Tai Fung. So you get to the restaurant and first of all, you're going to wait outside, which is part of the experience, anywhere between 70 and 90 minutes. And whatever, and there's hundreds of people out there waiting to get in. Nobody's frustrated. Uh, nobody's upset because they know the experience that awaits them. And all everybody's talking about is what they're going to have once they get inside. The service is unbelievable. 
The food is unbelievable. It is probably the most memorable meal I've ever had in my life. Three people, like $65, maybe the most memorable meal I've ever had. So we were talking to the people at Din Tai Fung and about what the magic is that's allowed them to build this enterprise from one little tiny dumpling house in Taipei to now a worldwide enterprise which spans operations in about a dozen different countries and scores of restaurants. And every one of those restaurants has got these crowds of 70 to 90 minutes outside. And so as I'm talking to the leadership of this of Din Tai Fung, I was told there's two reasons for our success. And uh, I said, what are they? They said, number one, we pay our people double what the market will pay. And secondly, we're committed to growth because everybody who comes to work for us, one is going to make twice what they would make anyplace else. And secondly, we're always growing so that there are more and more opportunities for leadership and management positions within the company. In-N-Out Burger does the exact same thing here in the U.S. In-N-Out Burger routinely pays their people $14, $15, $16 an hour. And what do you get? Well, there's always a line outside the In-N-Out Burger. I mean, people can't get enough. The company is making great money. They're, they're doing well. So if you're paying people six, seven, eight dollars an hour, nine dollars an hour, what do they care? And you're going to have a constant revolving door. So there's no way you can offer great customer service unless you're paying people enough. And so if your business can't afford it, then find a new business. Obviously, you've got a bad business model. But I want to no. pause because you said three people ate for $65 in this yep. restaurant. Yep, one of the top restaurants in the world. And so they figured it out. They've sharpened their pencils. They've figured it out where the priorities are and how to do it. And uh, because I, I can't remember the last time I sat down at a restaurant where there were three of us and the bill was anything less yeah. than 100 So And, and as I said, uh, probably the most memorable meal I've ever had in my life. In Taiwan, the average monthly wage, if you, if you get out of college or a technical school and go to work somewhere, your starting wage is going to be about seven or $800 a month. That's low by Western standards, but that's what it is. However, uh, Din Tai Fung pays $1,500, $1,600 a month, twice what the average wage is in Taipei and in Taiwan. So they've, they figure out how to make it work. So next on the list. Systematize it. I mean, you, gotta, you have to have the pilot's checklist. I mean, systematize everything that you can systematize so nothing falls through the cracks. Number six. You have to empower people to use their own initiative to take care of your customers. The problem is you don't want to be empowering people who are making 6 or $7 an hour because they don't care, and you know what they're likely to tell the customer. And then number seven, I write about this in one of the books, know the potential lifetime value of a customer. Howard Schultz at Starbucks, now with 25,000 restaurants around the world and coffee shops around the world, figured this out very early. Back in the day when a, a latte at Starbucks was a couple of dollars, he said, you know, if somebody has a latte a day, that's $500 a year. Over 20 years, that customer could be worth $10,000. And so we've talked about this before on, on one podcast quite a while ago. Always figure out. And there's no business that cannot figure out the lifetime value of a customer. And so therefore, and then once you know the lifetime value of a customer, everyone who works for you has to know the lifetime value of the customer as well. And so every time I'm talking with a customer, one of my customers, I imagine they've got a post-it note, and in the middle of the forehead is the dollar sign and the dollar amount representing the potential lifetime value. And then finally, be nice to your people. And uh, let me tell a story about United Airlines, because that's how we started this podcast, talking about the horrible flight on United Airlines from San Francisco to Taipei. I remember 
sitting in the office, the then CEO of United Airlines. And uh, he was talking about all the challenges he faced as the CEO. And finally, after a couple of hours of discussion, I told him, look, I can fix your problems. I know how you can fix your airline. And I said, I understand you've got some very unique challenges right now. I have historically found that people will go along with anything. They'll go along with temporary pay reductions. They'll go along with cuts. They'll do whatever they need to do if there's the promise of a better tomorrow than today. Everybody, as the leader, you need to be able to make the promise of a better tomorrow than today to people. If you can do that, the people will be with you. And he looked at me, Dale, and I'm making the sign of the cross here. He said, there's only one problem with that. I don't like people. Oh, my gosh. So guess what? If you don't like people, and if you don't like the people that work for you, they're going to pay you back by not liking your customers. And that is the root of the problem. And so those are some things you can easily do, I mean, to dramatically improve customer service. Yeah. Like your people. Love your people. Love your people. Treat them. Yeah. Oh, wow. You want to run down the list? I would love to. So how about number one? Make keeping your hands dirty part of your DNA. Get out there. Be an anonymous customer of your own business. Anonymous is key here. You can't go in as the CEO because you're going to get special treatment. Don't rely on data, lopsided surveys, mystery shoppers. Those are designed to give you results so you can say, see, we don't suck any more than our our competitors do. Pay people enough to care. And then systematize it. Empower people to take care of customers. Know the potential lifetime value of a customer. And then be nice to your people. Love them. Uh, Great list. Do those things. And uh, your customer service will be stellar. It'll be world class. Absolutely. Oh, any parting words for us? Yes. I was just thinking the other day about how appropriate, as we're coming up to a, a new year, uh, everybody wants a fresh start. Everybody wants to an, embrace some change. Everybody wants to uh, tackle things a, a little bit differently. Everybody's got high hopes uh, for the next calendar year. And my suggestion is get a copy of The Reinventors and and read it and let it be your personal guide and your personal journey book uh, through the course of where you're going to go during the next 12 months. Mm, fantastic. Jason Jennings, thank you so much for your time today. Great insight on being right there with the customers and providing amazing care. So Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today calls one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. Find out how you can arrange to have Jason keynote your next event or leadership conference. Learn about his fees, availability, and you can do it all right there on the website, jason-jennings.com. Click the contact button. Also, you're always welcome to reach out to Jason, jason at jason-jennings.com. And go out, have a great week. Remember, this is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Be your own customer. You've been listening to The Game Changers. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.